0: Hello. Thank you for joining us today for the Harvest Time Church weekly podcast. As you listen today, we pray that you are richly blessed and that the message would guide you deeper into your walk with Jesus and help you to advance His kingdom here on earth. Have a blessed day. I don't have to sin anymore. What's most of our
1: approach? So I can get penance for my sin. We We got the whole principle backwards, Right. What do they say? Out of, the, out of the mouths of infants and babes. Words of the Lord and praise will come forth. It says that He has perfected praise. He has ordained it. He has, he has put it in the hearts of the children. But us adults, we got it all figured out up here, right? We mess it up. Right? It says, how do you come into the kingdom of God? You have to come as a child. The simplicity way of thinking. I remember when I was real, real young, uh, my mom was telling me about how to get to heaven, all of these things. And I remember saying, why even live this life? Why don't we just die and go to heaven now? What's the point of all of this? If if, if the end end result is is the kingdom going before Jesus, let's just go now. And then over the years, I saw the challenge that it was to live this life fully submitted to God. And I think that's the challenge in our life. At whatever age you're out at, you know, what what does Paul say? It says, finish the race well. It's not just starting the race, it's enduring, it's, it's running, it's this long, drawn-out challenge to end well. Some of us start arrogantly, right? I got it, I'm a Christian now, living, th- living things right, but year after year, what does your life look like? Hardship after hardship, has your faith prevailed? You know, I think these are questions, you know, that really measure our our sustaining faith or lack thereof, because there are things that, that I think God allows that challenge our faith. You ever been there? Every are single one of us at some point, right? But I believe that it's, it's those circumstances, those things that we go through in life that challenge our faith but also causes our faith uh, to remain steadfast and strong and secure. It's important to listen to our children sometimes. Some of the most profound things will come out of their mouth sometimes. But so often we want to ignore them or discredit what they say. Can anybody vouch for that? I can. Just be quiet, I don't even know what you're saying. Said every parent everywhere. Right, we just turn off the switch, we don't always listen to them. Anybody see me cracking it on my daughter this morning? Sorry. She acted wrong once. I took her. She came back for round two. I don't know if I won or not. But I know that the principles of God are true. Amen. Spare the rod. Spoil the child. Then the other scripture. Spank them with a rod. They will not die. Said no CPS worker ever. But it's all right. We don't work as the world. We work as the Bible dictates, guys. If I get any phone calls, I'm going to tell them to tell me who told on me. It's on the podcast. Oh, hey, delete that off of the podcast. (laughs) Hey, we can edit that. They know how to edit it, too. Starting today, we're going to start our new series. That's where you guys can start it if you really, really want. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up our Holy Spirit series okay so uh, man I hope you guys have had an awesome exposure experience and a lifestyle change in regard to, to the who the Holy Spirit is so j- just be to be reminded you know we covered we covered a whole lot of stuff first and foremost that the Holy Spirit is a person he desires to have relationship with us you know uh, he, he desires to, to just be involved in our life you know he is the one that uh, draws our hearts to the father. You know, he's the one that causes conviction in our lives. So, we have to know that the Holy Spirit has been involved an integral part of our of our salvation experience. It wasn't that he wasn't doing anything. It was he was the one leading us to that place of conviction. You know, he's a, you know, you know, so as we grow in our understanding and relationship with the Holy Spirit, we should see fruit in our lives. You guys understand that, right? Christians should bear good fruit. We don't have good fruit in our life, we might need to reevaluate or say, Hey God, uh, do some work that I can't do because I'm not seeing any good fruit. We covered all the fruits of the Spirit. Then we start talking about the gifts of the Spirit you know, the gifts of the Spirit. So the difference between a fruit, a fruit is sometimes cultivated, it takes time, it's a process, but a gift of the spirit is, is a right now gift. When God releases a gift of the spirit, he wants you to use it in that moment for that specific time, for that service, usually. Right, you know. So when we're, when we're moving in these gifts of the Spirit, we need to apply them immediately. We need to be bold, we need to be full of faith, and we need to trust God. I've always been one of those guys that I would rather swing for the fence and possibly hit a home run than strike out looking. You guys ever heard that? Your coach says what? Don't get caught striking out just looking. If you never swing the bat, there's no chance in ever hitting a home run. And I believe that when we truly submit to the Holy Spirit and we hit the mark, that means that we, do, we speak what God has encouraged us to speak by the, by the power of His Holy Spirit. We have operated in one of the spiritual gifts under the unction of the Holy Spirit, and we are obedient to it. That is when we spiritually hit home runs. But it's, I, I'm, I can guarantee you, it's going to be scary. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to fight that fight of saying, is this just me? Am I just making this up? Am I supposed to say this? Your heart rate's going to go up. Your blood pressure's going to go up. You are going to be freaking out internally. And you say, man, I think I need to say this. I think I need to say this. I think." And then you sit there and you're like, should I go now? Should I not? Should I go now? Should I go not? If you ever got a word, just stand up. I'll get the point and then that'll cause us to... And that'll cause you to have to say something. If you stand up right now, guess what? Ugh, I need to get your composure, figure out what he wants to say, and then move in it. Right? It's a faith walk. It's something. But I believe that when we do that and we're obedient to that, we will see mighty things happen in the church. Okay. So the gifts are of the spirit. They are always intended to profit all. Okay. So that's always the compass of how we measure. You know. You know. Is this? You know. Is this a really operating in the gift? Um, you know, we talked about, you know, prophecy last week. Prophecy is used to build up those who are gathered together, you know, through words spoken. It, it causes edification, encourages, strengthens, and it brings comfort to those who, who hear. We also talked about the gift of tongues combined with the interpretation of tongues will also be used to encourage, to, to edify, to build up. Um, you know, in Romans eight twenty six through 27, it says that the Spirit intercedes for the saints in according to God's will. So I want to just focus on this just for a moment. When we begin to pray in the Spirit, we are praying the perfect will of God. So some of you say, why is it important that I pray in the Spirit? Because when you pray in the Spirit, you pray the perfect will of God. The Spirit of God partners with your spirit, and you begin to speak out the perfect will of God. Why is that so important, Noe? Because most of the time, we we pray selfish prayers. Think about your prayers before you go to sleep. Lord, keep us safe. Help me have no bad nightmares. Help this chili I just ate be good to me. Right? It's, it's, not, it's not, Lord, I pray your kingdom come. You know, if I should die in my sleep, allow my legacy. You know, no, it's selfish. Help me wake up to see another day. You know, help the stock market go in my favor. What, I mean, whatever it is, we tend to pray very selfishly. When we pray in the Spirit, and I mean, maybe there are times that the Spirit prays on our behalf, but most of the time when we pray in the Spirit, it removes the selfish vein and it aligns with the perfect will of God. Well, let me tell you what happens. When we pray the perfect will of God, it has the potential to always happen. Because if we are praying the specific will of God in accordance with the will of God, what does He say? When you ask anything according to my will it shall be done. That's the powerful difference, because we are praying the specific will of God, agreeing with the will of God, and we speak it out, and then what happens? We see the will of God accomplished in the earth. So don't, you know, don't disregard praying in the Spirit. You know, Paul says, do not forbid speaking in tongues, right? So we talked about that, the difference for, from the church and the church, the personal prayer language for personal devotion time. We tried to separate those two. Uh, if you didn't hear the if you didn't listen to the podcast or you don't know what I'm talking about, go ahead and listen to that podcast from last week. And if you have any questions, let me know. I tried to communicate it the best I can. So as we continue on looking at all of the spiritual gifts, um, let's look at the passage. First Corinthians 12, four through 11 and just read through that context one more time. So I'm going to read this in the New King James Version just because it gives a little bit more guidance. And I just want to look at it since we've covered it more than once to give you a little bit different uh, translation. First Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. It says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Verse 5, There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but the same God works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of All. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another word of knowledge um, through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gift of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all of these distributing to each one individually as he wills. So we talked about that, right, also, that the Holy Spirit dictates what gifts he gives to who, when he releases them, when he decides to use them. It is up to the Holy Spirit's discretion to release the gifts. Right? So we got to understand that we are the funnel in which the Holy Spirit functions and works. He chooses to use people. He chooses to use people within the church to edify the church. He wants us all being involved. He wants you to bring a word. He wants you to bring a prophecy. He wants, you know, he wants all of us contributing to the big picture of church function of what he desires it to be. Now, this is completely opposite from smaller church or old church mentality to say where the pastor does everything. You know, he's, he's, he's to give the word of wisdom. He's to give the word of knowledge. He's, you know, we have this mindset that the pastor's role is, he's, because he is the most spiritual in the house. That's not true, guys. <laughs> Right, but we get this mindset that hey, I am I am just coming and I am to sit passively in the in the audience and I am to be a spectator rather than a participator. But the Holy Spirit is urging on the inside of us to to coexist, to co-labor uh, with Him in being all that the church has called us to be. And it's by our willingness to respond, however He leads. And you know what, guys, I'm okay if we miss it a little bit as long as we're trying. You guys okay with that? Say, well, I floundered all over my words, but I got it out. Thank God you said something. We'll just hope in faith that you'll get it better next time. Well, I stuttered more than I talked. It's all right, but you said something. And, and, and somebody over here interpreted. Ignore all that first part. That was just nerves. What he was saying was this, <laughs> right? That we function, you know, boldly, confident in what the Holy Spirit is doing, okay? So we're going to jump right in because we have to cover a lot of ground so we're going to look at the, the, the last six of the spiritual gifts. So the first group that we, that we talk about, um, you know, when we talk about the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, they're always categorized as the mouth of God, the eyes of God, and the hands of God. So the, the, the mouth of God is always the vocal gifts. The eyes of God are always those that have a revelation. They are seeing something. And then the hands of God, which are your power gifts, right? Your gifts of healing, your gifts of special faith. You know, so when we look at these gifts, these are awesome gifts. They cover a, a, a wide array of, of different types of gifting, yet you want all of them, right? You can't say, oh, one is more important than the other. You know, and how many of you deep down have always wanted to have superpowers? Like, you've watched these Marvel movies, which they are doing a phenomenal job lately at just making them so awesome, right? You're like, man, if I could be like that guy. Some of us see that as those giftings come out like the Hulk rage on a regular basis. That's not the superpower I'm talking about, <laughs> right? But we think about it. We want to have super, we want to have powerful gifts, right? Well, the Holy Spirit is in the business of releasing superpowers to His people, We can function in supernatural power by the unction of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you guys a quick little illustration to help you always remember what these are. So how many parents do we have this morning that know what it takes to instruct and teach our children? I'm going to give you all this example hits home run because I operated in all of them this morning. So the first thing, when we say the eyes of God, how many moms out here know about the look? It's like, I'm going to destroy you when we get home if you don't cut that out. The eyes, okay? So we can remember the eyes of God, the, you know, the, 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 the visionary gifts, right? And then if that don't work, the voice, right? Don't make me raise my voice. The mouth of God, right? All your moms are saying, yeah, I know. I know. And then if that don't work, then I'm going to put hands on them. And the hands of God. So we have the eyes, we have the mouth, and we have the hands. So for, for all of you that need, need an example to help remember that, this, that's going to help you. Be like, yeah, I know them all too well. I want to go straight to the hands of God first before they even get a chance to get the look or the raising of the voice. But God will give us grace. Amen, parents? I think that scripture needs to say, you will not die. You will make it. So be reminded, you know, we always have the eyes of God, the, the mouth of God, and the hands of God. So th- these gifts are released as the Holy Spirit sees fit by the authority of the Father. They are all given by the, by the Father. So we must eagerly desire to function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So these gifts are, are based on grace. They're not based on maturity. You know, this always has caught me off guard when I see somebody who is super immature in the Lord, but yet being used mightily in the Spirit. To me, it makes no sense. It's like, well, I've been at this a lot longer. I'm way more mature. Why in the world are you using that person, Lord? It has nothing to do on mat- with maturity. It, it comes down to willingness, obedience, and, and just being willing. You know, I think that's, that's a big part of it but, it, but it's a grace gift. As God wants to give you that gift, man, operate in it, function in that, okay? So the eyes of God, the first one we're going to look at this morning is a word of wisdom, okay? So on the back of your uh, bulletin, there are some fill- in the blanks. So the first revelations gifts, eyes of God, the first uh, revelation gift is a word of wisdom. So the definition of a word of wisdom, is, is something that reveals a fraction of the mind of God concerning people, places or things pertaining to the future. Okay, Through this supernatural gift, God lets us know how he wants us to deal with specific situations as it arises in the future. So we have to understand that the word of wisdom has nothing to do with being wise. You can say, I'm the smartest one in the room, therefore I can give words of wisdom. Well, just to prove you wrong, God may use the most ignorant in the room. And somebody said, that's me. <laughs> said, that's me. It has nothing to do with, God, with natural wisdom. Okay, And that's hard for us to comprehend because when we see that a word of wisdom, we say, man, this should be the scholar, this should be the one with the PhDs, this should be the one that has it all figured out. But it is a grace gift. It has nothing to do with natural wisdom. It is a grace gifted by God. So the word, uh, uh, the word of a supernatural gift, it always pertains, this, this uh, word of wisdom, it always pertains to a situation in the future, not the present or past. Okay, so this is where God reveals His purpose, His plan, future to His people. Okay, sometimes we might say a word is prophecy, but if a, word of, if a prophecy turns into any type of revelation gift, this is actually a word of wisdom being released by the speaker, not necessarily just prophecy, because we said prophecy just edifies and encourages. It never gives direction, but soon as we tap into something pertaining to the future, now we have a word of wisdom. It's different. So you're like, man, Noe, those could really be very closely related to each other. Absolutely. And what you'll see is sometimes the, the, these gifts kind of intertwining. You kind of dip in a little bit of one and a little bit of the other. Or we may say, oh, this is, I have a word of prophecy. Well, no, you got a word of wisdom. You just didn't know by definition the criteria that it met. Now, I don't want us to get so mixed up where we get so confused. We're like, I'm not going to say anything because I don't know what the heck gift it is. But I do want us to be able to discern when we, see, when we begin to hear people functioning in these gifts, when it says, you know what? You know, I think in the future, in the life of this church, I believe this is what God is saying. We, can, we could actually, you know, somewhat systematically say, hey, you know what? That is a word of wisdom for the house. That is a word of wisdom rather than just a prophetic word. Because I think it is important to be learned. What did, what did that scripture say? I do not want you to be what? Ignorant. So there has to be some baseline understanding of what we're doing and why we're doing it, okay? So examples of a word of wisdom in the Bible. So Noah in the flood. So when Noah was talking about the flood, people thought he was ignorant. But God showed him something pertaining to the future and everybody thought it was ignorant, ignorance. It had never rained, never seen rain. They said, this, there's no way. Why are you building this big boat? What in the world is that boat for? You don't need it. But he had received a word of wisdom. He spoke it out. And how many of you know when a word of wisdom is spoken out, you got two options. You can listen to it and you can receive it or you can reject it and believe it a lie. But all of a sudden, if the waters begin to rise and we're in the boat, let me in. I told you. Word of wisdom. Okay? So we see that operating in the Bible. Also, when, you know, when God revealed to Elijah the crucifixion of Jesus, he gave graphic specific details how Jesus would be crucified. That's in Isaiah 53 if you're to look that up on your own. You know, uh, Jesus had a word of knowledge that Peter would deny him three times. Matthew twenty-six thirty-four. These were words of wisdom, things that would pertain to the future that were discerned by the Holy Spirit. Right? It's just this, this, this illumination of things in the future that would come to pass. But these are all inspired. These are all gifts of the Holy Spirit. So they always reveal something pertaining to the future. Okay, you know, Concerning people, places, things, dealing in future tense. So the next one, word of knowledge. Okay, So a word of knowledge is a revelation of... By the Holy Spirit giving a piece of God's knowledge or information concerning people and situations in the present, okay? So it's, it's something that God, God may diagnose a, a, a problem, a sickness, you know, or any other situation in, in, the, in, the, in the present which is humanly impossible to know, right? It would be something that, it, that, is, that is spiritually discerned right here, right now. Specifics right? You know, it, it, w- it wouldn't be like something you see, like Robert say, well, Noe, you look like you need to lose a little weight, buddy. You've been really enjoying Thanksgiving. You, would just, you can see that, but it would be more specific if you knew that I de- dealt with certain heart issues or, hey, you have high blood pressure or you have something specific to my life. But that wouldn't be something that he, <clears throat> that he already knows. It'd be like, hey, I just really... God is showing me that you deal with blood pressure issues. So what happens at that moment? The cool thing how God operates in gifts, the moment that there is something like a word of knowledge released, God doesn't just stop there and say, hey, you got a blood pressure issue. Where do we go to next? Gift of healing. He wants to always tap into another spiritual gift. He very rarely says, hey, you got high blood pressure. Good luck with that. Have a good day. You think that's in the nature and the character of God? Why would he bring it up? Now, it might be something natural. He says, hey, man, you need to cut down on that sodium. You need to, you need to take care of your body. It may be something practical, but God is a supernatural God. And if he's tapping in the supernatural, you think he's just going to show off just a little bit, or you think he's going to show off great? Because either God is a God who can, who can heal or he can't. Right? Right? But any time that he dips into that, there's always more to it than at face value, okay? So when we, oh, a word of knowledge. So notice that this says a word of knowledge, not all knowledge. We have to understand that God is all-knowing and that, you know, when this, when this word of knowledge happens, he is just showing us a small fraction of the big picture as he sees it. It doesn't mean that he, he opens up our mind where we see beginning from end and we have this, this understanding like God has. It is a small fraction uh, in that moment that God shows us something specific in a present situation and he reveals it to us. You know, so a word of knowledge, it's always a revelation revealed by the Holy Spirit. You know, it's always in, rego- in regard to the present or the past, but not the future. So if we were going to separate the two in two separate categories, when we say a word of wisdom is for the future, a word of knowledge is for here in the past. Hey, in the past, I feel like, man, you've been dealing with this or you've had an issue with this, you know, and then, you know, sometimes, you know, if you've ever heard anybody operate that, they kind of gauge it and they say, hey, is this right? Because we operate as human beings, right? Because one thing I want to do, if I am way off, I just want to shut up. If I'm totally missing, you're like, no, man, I don't have any heart issues. I don't know what the heck you're talking about. And then, oh, man, maybe I missed it. But I'm trying, right? I'm trying to operate in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But let's say, man, yeah, that's right. Well, then this happened, right? Man, that's right, too. And now my eyes get real wide and it's like, what is going on? This guy is reading my mail and I don't, he doesn't know anything about me. It's something that's discerned by, by a word of knowledge. OK, so we have to understand that, you know, it surpasses the senses of man and it's not based on intellectual ability or education. So once again, it's not head knowledge, it's not what we figured out, it's something inspired by the gifts of a whole, the Holy Spirit functioning in our life. OK, so what are some examples in, in, the, in, the, in the Bible? So Jesus knowing the thoughts and motives of the Pharisees. Now this one always scares me because it's like, oh man, if I'm doing something bad. Just like mama always knows. God always knows. So if that has to scare you into conviction, I guess whatever, right? It's like, oh, you mean Jesus sees that? Absolutely. Don't want to acknowledge that? No, I don't. But think about that. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. But if if the Lord is going to bring something up into your life, he just doesn't want to point out a sin. What is he going to do with the sin? He's going to deal with it. He's going to deliver you from it. He's going to set you free. He doesn't want to say, hey, Noe, I know you deal with this, and hey, good luck, buddy, high five, and leave. Every time time God or Jesus brought something up, it's because he wanted to deal with the root issue of what it was. It's not to tear us down, it's not to discourage us, it's so that his light might be revealed in our life, that we might be forever changed, guys. We shouldn't be fearful of the gifts, say, oh, I got a lot of bad stuff in my life. Man, if somebody wants to give me a word of knowledge, don't say nothing. Right, we want we want to sever it, but you know, the word of God says where light is exposed, darkness cannot prevail in our lives. So we need to we need to welcome a word of knowledge into our life that might set us free because you know, sometimes I think we're dealing with something but we don't know the root of what it is and then when light is exposed, we see the root and we can sever it and cut it off and walk in the freedom that God has called us to. But it's only through a word of knowledge that we can do that. It's only by a spirit gift, you know, a gift of the spirit functioning in our life that we can be set free. Okay, so, so some more examples, you know, Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well. Hey, this, you know, you know, go call your husband. Yeah, I don't have a husband. Yeah, your five other ones weren't your husbands either. And she's like, oh, all in there, you know, like, didn't, you know, and it wasn't like he was being mean about it. He just said, matter of factly, right there in the present, as of right now and in your past, and, and we see this, this girl's life radically changed. She didn't leave discouraged or mad, said, who are you to judge? Are you God? And Jesus would have said, absolutely. So it wouldn't have been a fair illustration anyway, right? But we're so quick to do that, right? What is another one? You know, uh, knowledge given to Nathan revealing David's sin with Bathsheba. Now this is a very penetrating, a very focused, a very possibly intrusive gift. You know, so what would I, how do I feel that this would function? I mean, I think if, now, I don't know, this is just me, this is where I'm tapping into my own understanding of it. I feel like if God was going to function, you you think of every time this happened, you know, the woman at the well, how many people were around? None. When David was confronted, were there people around when David was confronted by the prophet or was it more direct? More direct, right? I don't think it would be like, hey... Pastor Lonnie, I'm, I'm going to read your mail to you right now. Everybody listen up. It wasn't to pull, to tear him down. It was to deal with the individual. Because I know that's how I would deal a lot better with it. If you put me on blast from the platform, you might not see me next Sunday. Or you might, but you'll have a black eye. Because we're going to deal with it. You know, that's not how we're going to operate, guys. Like, right? You know, like, but think about that. It has to be done in a balanced beneficial way. If I put you on black, you know, so don't be fearful of that gift. We need to just make sure we do it at the right place. Say, hey, Barry, come here, man. I I want to, I feel like I got a word for you and I'm going to pull them over to the side and I'm going to speak life into them. You know, we're not going to put somebody on a pedestal and make fun of them. That's not how that gift is supposed to operate. Right? Amen? All right. Moving right along. Number three, discerning of spirits. I know we just went through Halloween. Anybody discern any spirits through Halloween? Good or bad, right? So, discern of spirits, this definition, it says, is a supernatural ability to see into the spirit world. By this insight, the believer can see angels, demons, and discern the condition of the human spirit, good or bad. So, the the, the definition of discern means to distinguish, to perceive, or to differentiate, Okay? So this is a pretty cool slash might be scary kind of gift. You know, if I was if we were able to see in the spirit realm and, and I could see, I could actually see the war raging around you, you know, you know how the uh, the cartoon always portrays good and evil. You got your angel on this side, you got your devil on this side and they're screaming in one ear that, you know, you see this struggle where if we could really see in the spiritual, there is always a battle for our soul raging, But the devil wants us to be naive and say, hey, it's all good. You know, so we were talking to, me and some pastors were talking the other day. We said, you know what? The devil isn't too concerned about those already going to hell. He leaves them alone. They're paving the way themselves. But those who are pursuing righteousness and trying to impact the kingdom of God, you got a bullseye on your life. You got a bullseye on you. Trying to attack you, trying to cause you to fall, trying you to... to, to distract you all that he can. There is this wage, raging war between good and evil for your soul, for your life. So one of the best ways, I think, to understand a little bit more what discerning those spirits are is, is to look what the gift is not, because I think we're so quick to say, oh, well, this is what this is. So let me, let me read these to you. So the best way uh, to look at these, it says, so it is not a gift of suspicion or speculation. Well, Morgan, those some pretty trippy glasses, bro. I don't know about this guy. Speculation, right? I think that meeting is it. Speculation, I can think what I want. It, it has nothing to do, it's speculation, it's just assuming. But if I look at his life, I see the hand of God on his life. I see, a, I see a fight for your soul, Morgan. Okay? There's a battle raging around him, but there's a call of God on his life and it's marked him. Okay? When we look beyond the surface, Okay? It's not speculation. It's not a gift of discernment. Oh, well, I discern that. Th- it's, that's not what it's for. It's not, it's, not, it's not discerning like, oh, I have discernment. You know, like, we can't say that I have a gift of discernment. What does it say? Discerning of spirits. Make sure we don't lump us sun. Well, I got discernment that, you know, that's a bad decision. No, you shouldn't paint the sanctuary that color. Right? We're gonna do that soon, guys. So don't get all worked out. I saw in the spirit, and yeah, it was a ba- no. It's not doing, all right. Any new color will be good, guys. I promise. All right? It's not fine. It's not fault finding or judging people. Oh, I got the spirit of discernment. I got the oh yeah. You're gonna to go to hell. No, you you made it. No, you. You think that's what it is? Come on, right? discerning of spirits. It's not finding fault and judging other people. We can't, we can't manipulate a gift and, and use it to our own advantage. That would be what it would be doing. It says, oh, you know what? You gotta, you're not dealing with that in your life. Yeah, you're going to hell. Does that edify? Does that build up? Does that draw? It doesn't. Now, I could look at him and say, you know what? There is a demonic influence on your life that is affecting you, and you are right now surrounded by, by the presence of demonic forces, and we have to break that in the name of Jesus. Don't get freaked out. He's looking at me like, are you serious? No, I'm not serious. <laughs> in Jesus' name, we plead the blood of Jesus over him. But it's, it's the ability to see in the supernatural what is maybe over somebody. Maybe your home is being influenced by demonic forces. I begin to discern, I see that in the spirit, discerning of spirits. I see the spiritual implications behind all that, right? You know, so it is a, you know, it's not, it's not discerning or, or the character of an individual, because we might say that, well, yeah, this is a good guy. Yeah, he's good. And it, it has nothing to do with that. So th- this function of this God-given ability is to recognize the identity, the personality or conditions of the spirits which are behind the manifestations or activities, So let's say somebody stood up this morning, you know, and saying, hey, I have a prophetic word and it is completely contrary to the word of God. I could, by a discerning of the Spirit, say, no, that is manipulation, that is life from the pit of hell, and that is unbiblical. And we got to be okay with that. I'll tell you what, Facebook is trying to be false prophets all day long if you're not careful. Well, I read the other day, and good luck, read your Bible. You know, it's like, man, you know, hey, I heard this. It's like, good for you, man. Like it has, it's just people are so swayed by everything. Is there spiritual implications behind it? Possibly. Okay. So, you know, the operation of this gift, it can help protect the church from false doctrines, from false prophets, and from false teachers. We should know that we should know the spirit behind whatever is spoken. You know, I think sometimes we can tell if somebody's going through something by the spirit that it comes out of maybe, you know, like if I'm having a bad, bad day or I'm just having a lot of, you can tell, you know, it's just say, man, I, you know, I, I feel stressed. I feel overwhelmed. Well, one of you may see, you know, just the enemy kind of just pushing on me because I don't believe he can take authority of me, but he can sure mess up and, and cause pressure from outside in the spirit, but he can never take hold of me. So that could be something that we see in the spirit. We say, man, I just see just an attack against your family. I see attack against your ministry. I see attack against you and your workplace, right? It's seen within the spirit side of things. You know, so this will expose the devil's counterfeit operations. We want that in the church. We don't want to be manipulated by anything and be like, oh, we're all shaking our head and it's under a demonic influence. No, we don't. But if we, if we if we operate in this gift, it will it is a for the protection of the church. You know, so a discerning spirit also often comes to us as a word of knowledge, revealing the forces influencing, harassing, or affecting the person specified. Because once you see it, you got to do something about it. What are you going to be like? A, you shake your head, and you no, I mean, then you need to operate in a word of knowledge and, and, and communicate to that individual or speak life over that situation. That's why I say the gifts tend to intertwine. What would be the point of seeming it if you don't say anything? You're like, oh, yeah, got some messed up stuff going on right here, but not going to say anything about it. No, we, then we need to operate in another gift, a, a you know, a, a word of knowledge and proactively do something about it, right? Or speak the word of God over the situation, whatever it may be. So, discerning of spirits. So, some of the biblical examples, Simon the sorcerer, you know, he was pursuing these, these supernatural gifts and say, hey, what do I got to do to, you know, get this? You know, he was, and he was operating under a demonic influence, right? That's Acts 8, 18 through 23. You know, uh, you know Satan being revealed in the, uh, in the hearts of Ananias and Sapphira, Acts 5, 1 through 10. You know, Jesus often discerned spirits, right? He discerned a, a foul, a deaf, a dumb spirit. And what did he do? He cast it out. You know, he, he saw it and then he did something about it. He just didn't say, man, you know what? Deaf and dumb and mute spirit, you know. All right, good luck with that and walked away. Those things are revealed so that we can deal with them and we can do something about it. I'll give you guys a quick nugget. Acts ten thirty eight. You know, it says that they were healing all of those who were under the power of the devil. So do you guys know that most illness and sickness is demonic oppression? Let me read it to you one more time. All right? Acts 10.38. You guys note that down if you want to check me on that. But it says, they were healing all those who were under the power of the devil. So from that passage, you know, we can see that there was a demonic oppression. There was sickness. There was mental illness. There were all of these things. But most of those things are under the, the power of the devil, and they can be broken by the power of the Spirit. So you see in a church service why all of a sudden you can come in sick and you can leave well. Because the demonic influence, demonic pressure, demonic authority stops at that door. In the name of Jesus. Every single time. Right? we got to realize that. We can't be naive to that. You know, also Luke 10, 19, and Mark 16, 17 through 18, it says Jesus has given us power over all the devils. It talks about, you know, from scorpions and snakes, you know, those things, we have supreme authority here on the earth. We just don't operate under that authority near enough. So the discerning of spirit, it it always allows us to see into the spiritual realm. Now, some of you guys may say, man, I see angels, I see demons, and, but what the world wants to do is just credit that as, as just crazy. You need, a, you, need a, you need a happy pill for that. Man, I, I may believe there are demonic influences where you might see a whole bunch of mess of stuff, but there, are, there is a discerning of spirits, which is a God-birthed, Holy Spirit-given gift that allows you to see within the Spirit. I encourage you when you see it, though, do something about it. Just don't be like, man, that's a bad situation. Oh, well. Man, start praying. Start doing something. Say, so, hey, you know, I, I really saw this in the spirit of the Lord. Let me see this. Right? Man? Yeah. I think God can show us that when we, uh, when we ask. Tell you a super, super quick story. So when we were in Africa, me and me and three other guys were all bunked up. And, and one of the young men that were with us woke up in a like, horrified dream. and So he, jumped, he we, me and the other guy on the bottom bed jump up, and we said, what's the matter? He goes, it's on me. There's something on me. And we were like, get in the flesh. We're like, where is it? He goes, I don't know. I pushed it off, and it landed on the floor. So we're barefooted, standing on the floor. And so then me and we were like, "I don't, what was it? He goes, I don't know what it was, but it put pressure on me, but it felt like it couldn't take hold of me. So at that moment, I began to pray. I said, God, I ain't gonna go back to sleep till you show me what's going on. And, and God showed me a principle. He says, the enemy of this world can pressure you, but he has never allowed authority to grab you. And I told him, I says, man, what I believe that was, it was this spiritual demonic influence that was pressuring you and forcing you, but he could not take hold of you. So I prayed, I said, Lord, we just received that. We believe peace and strength and protection. In Jesus name I pray and I lay down and I probably was snoring pretty quick and everybody's mad. You can go to sleep after that. I said, absolutely. I said, Lord, showed us what it is. We can pray protection, discerning of spirits. Let's go back to sleep, buddy. We got to get up early. Don Reed wakes up at like 4.30. <laughs> and we're, none of us are going to like it if we stay up all night. It's just the way it went. But the Lord can show us what we need in that moment. And we don't have to be fearful. And we don't have to be confused. We just want to remain confused and not ask. But the Holy Spirit wants to show us a lot more than... Uh, And sometimes we ask for. So let's now look at the gifts, the hands of God. Okay, These are the gifts that do something. These are the power gifts. So the first one we're gonna look at in the hands of God is the gift of special faith or extraordinary faith. You guys are okay? I'm gonna try to keep cruising through these, all right? I know it's a lot of content. So the gift of faith. So this definition is a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit supplying unlimited faith. If you want to take a note, that's a good note to put for that definition. Unlimited faith in a situation to achieve supernatural results. So when this special wonder-working faith is released in your life, God supernaturally empties you of all doubt and unbelief. You hear that? All doubt and unbelief. How many of you guys pray sometimes and deep down you're like, I don't know about that, but I'll pray. Been there? If not, you haven't prayed for enough people. All right, Lord, I'm going to trust you at your word, but this one's pretty rough i never seen this done, Lord, but I'll pray because I'm obedient. There is a, there is a little bit of, of hesitation within myself because of that doubt and that unbelief. Right? But it says God supernaturally empties that for a moment of all doubt and unbelief. So this, this is not simple faith. Right? This is not just saving faith. So when we talk about saving faith, faith is, faith is the type of faith that leads us to salvation. This is not that. Okay? Um, you know, it's not simple faith or just hoping in something, right? It, it's an it's extravagant type of faith. Um, it's not faith that's grown by the Word of God. So when we read the Word of God, faith is, faith is, faith is multiplied and it grows. That is not the type of faith that we're talking about here, okay? So um, this is the gift given by the Holy Spirit for the moment of special faith. Special faith for a moment, okay? Okay? So a few Bible examples of this gift of this special faith in operation is just Abraham offering up Isaac. Think about that. God asks you put yourself in that situation to take your son and offer him as an offer him up on an altar, tie him as a sacrifice. First off, I'd be like, God, you are having a bad day and you're completely off your rocker. Thou shall not kill. Like, I don't know, I mean, if I was a religious guy, I mean, I'd probably be hammering, I'd be looking any verse I can apply to my benefit. But, you know, I think there was many, there was this extravagant faith to say, okay, God, I'll do whatever you ask. If I kill him, God, you can raise him from the dead. There was zero, like, you didn't see this struggle, I mean, I mean, I'm sure it was hard, I mean, like, it doesn't go through every emotion, but I can imagine, I would have to pretend. I would have to completely ignore what in the world I was doing to even get through that. To cause physical harm to my child through death. Lord, just hold that one against me when I get to heaven. Think about it, man. Can you do that? But it was this. It was this supernatural faith. It was this special faith that was given. What's another one? Daniel in the lion's den. Immaculate faith. Put me in there. The Lord will protect me i be like, no, 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 anywhere but the lion's den. <laughs> you know, I'd have been scared out of my mind, but he says, no, it'll be okay. And we see that that, that faith prevailed. Jesus walking on the water, right? This special faith. How in the world did he do that? And I don't know, a whole lot of faith. Peter had faith to walk out and step out. I mean, you see, so you see this special faith that he tapping into something that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to sink like a rock. and It would even be worse for you if you couldn't swim. Right? Think about it. I mean, it, it requires special faith. You know, Jesus calling Lazarus out of the grave. Really, Jesus? You know he's been dead for three days. He smells really bad. You think he's just going to get up? What does he do? Lazarus, come forth. Knocks off those grave clothes. What y'all been doing? I'm hungry. Think about special faith. This is beyond, uh, this is beyond understanding. This is, this is special kind of faith operating, right? You know, so this gift of working of miracles, it performs a miracle, okay? And, and then we have to understand that the gift of faith receives the miracle, okay? Because we're going to go to this next one, working of miracles. So let me, let me say that one more time. The gift of working of miracles performs a miracle, whereas the gift of faith receives the miracle, Hard to wrap our mind around, but they're, they're saying something slightly different. So, the next one the, the working of miracles. Okay. So, this by definition is a special uh, momentary gift of authority which enables us by the anointing of God to intervene in the ordinary course of nature to do something that could not be done naturally. So, this what this does it completely breaks the, the law of physics, of nature, of anything that you know, it changes the rules. You're like, man, is that possible? Supernaturally it is, right? In our own working? Absolutely not. So, so a true miracle must involve the suspension of natural laws in the ordinary course of nature. So what are some of these examples? So feeding of the 5,000, he took a, he took a few fish and a few loaves and it multiplied in their hands. You ever seen that happen? I never, have. you know, it'd be just like something that Man, I, I, I literally had two fish and a few loaves and I kept passing it out and I kept passing it out. Lord, how many of you think are out here? I don't know, 5,000 or so. My basket's not running out. What is happening? It's not normal, right? But we see a working of miracles. What's another one? Uh, there's a story of the floating axe head in 2 Kings 6, 5 through 7. So, so we see the prophet there and it is what happens, they're working next to the river and, he's, and, he, and he has this ax and the ax head flies off and falls in the river and he, he yells, he says, he, he, says, he says, help me because this ax head, it wasn't mine, it was borrowed. You know, so he was panicked and I, either he couldn't afford one or it was a big deal or whatever and you know, the prophet comes to him and he says, well, where did it fall? It's like right there. So he gets this stick, whatever it was mystical or whatever happened with the stick, but he took the stick and it says he threw it in the river where that axe head fell in and the axe head began to float. You ever seen a piece of steel get up and just float by itself? Every single one of us are going to think that's demonic influence. Right out of the gate, you're like, I'm out of here, man. That is not, because that's all we see. That's all we know. That's all the devil wants us to know. He doesn't want us to know that there is power in the Holy Spirit and there are awesome things that He has in store for us, miraculous things that we cannot explain. And He can cause an axe head to float in your life. And then what did He say? He says, go down there and take it. And He recovered what was lost by the power of a miraculous sign. Man, that don't make no sense. It floated. It absolutely floated. Did the fish lift it up? I don't know. It said it floated. It just got up out of that water, Right? Something miraculously happening. That's in 2 Kings 6, 5 through 7, if you guys have never read that story. 2 Kings 6. You know, the multiplying of the widow's oil, where there was just a continual supply, continual supply, it never ran out. I may wish y'all had a debit card like that. Wham! Bingo! And you never got the credit card statement that said 26% interest. <laughs> man I thought it was it 's just unlimited supply you know i don 't know what that would be like to us today, but an unlimited supply it never ran ran out, but it breaks the laws of what is normal okay so this 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 gift goes beyond just heal just in the healing area so what happens with this it is a creating of missing body parts or limbs. This is making something out of nothing. You know, when the Bible says that his leg grew out or his limb grew out or blind eyes all of a sudden began to see, it is, co- it is changing the, the physical property of what it is, making it into something brand new. This is a whole nother level, Right? You know, so the Greek word for miracle, it means an explosion of mighty power, a release of divine energy, performing something contrary to the laws of nature. Right? So we know any time that if we were to work in this working of miracles, the mad scientists would go mad trying to figure these out. Doctors and physicians look and say, all I know is the cancer was there but it's there no more. This physical change, you know, and and I want you guys to know, man, we still serve a healing God. You know, there's a a lot of, uh, be careful how I say this, a lot of other people that may not believe what we believe as that God is still in the healing business. Not that God cannot heal, but it is not common. When we think like that, we will limit God every single time understand that? If we limit God to our own understanding and say, well, God doesn't do that anymore. What is the likelihood of us receiving that? Rather than saying, man, God does that every day, all day long, and he, that is, he is in the miracle working business. So whoever's sick among you this morning, come forward that you might receive your healing. And to him who has faith to believe they might receive their healing. God's still in the business of healing people. My dad has had a lot of sickness in his body for a long time, and I know God is a God that can heal. Does it mean that I discredit him because I haven't seen it? No, I just have to understand that maybe there's a bigger picture to this that I'm not seeing. But God, if you are willing, and I know that you're able, either in this life or the next, I release your perfect will to be done in his body. Because that's the dilemma, right? This one's healed and this one's not. Well, does God play favorites? Oh, it gets us into a slippery slope if we forget the nature of who God is. That God does what he wants, when he wants, how he wants to do it. And if God chooses to withhold that, for, that healing in my body in this lifetime, I can guarantee that I'll receive it in the next. But does that diminish the power and the ability of who God is? It never does. But what the enemy wants to do, he wants to say, well, he didn't heal my sister. He caused my young one to die. So therefore, we, we get in this struggle with this relationship of who God is because we have a misunderstanding of who God is. Man, I just jumped into something real deep I didn't mean to. But I think God wants to take you back to see who he really is. Created the whole world in seven days. Come on, man. He even had Chick-fil-A in mind. Right? And he even said, and they shall be closed on Sundays because everyone needs to rest, right? He had the whole picture, man. You know, He, he, he is a miracle-working God. Holds our life in the palm of His hands. Keeps our heart beating. Keeps our lungs pumping. Right? It's all by the grace of God. But there are times where He wants to release this working of miracles within the believer for the edification and the building up of all. You saw when people begin to work in miracles, you saw a great turning to the Lord. So God had had a strategic plan. Man, this guy was, you know, I was blind, but now I see you. What are you going to say about Jesus now? You can say whatever you want, but he just healed that guy. He just caused that guy to walk that's been lame since birth. So you have a choice to make. You either glorify God or you continually strive to reject him. I think God's going to reveal enough of himself to you in his life that you're going to have to really, really be intentional about rejecting him because he is very intentional of exposing himself to your life. He says, I'd rather you, you receive me or reject me rather than be lukewarm. But in this life, we want to believe that we can have whatever we want, that we can have the forgiveness, but we can live in sin. That by the blood of Christ, we're good enough and we can do what we want. No. Either before me or against me. It's, it's a fine line, guys. But what we did in American culture is we've, we've brought in that line to say, well, you know, as long as you're somewhere in the middle, you're okay think that was God's original intent. Nope. But we've compromised that. Say, so, "Oh, we're all dealing with something, brother. It's all right. Jesus still loves me." When your heart is far from him. Right? Working of miracles, God doing something, man, that just that completely messes up the laws of physics. If you're a science guy, it'll blow your mind. You know, if you're a creation scientist or you're one that tries to prove things, it will never make sense. And I've heard a lot of testimonies about that. Man, the only explanation I can got is, uh, you know, and they don't want to say the word miracle. Because when you say miracle, then then you're forced to believe in something bigger than just science. Well, it's a miracle. Well, who did the miracle? Well, well, the tree didn't. Mother Nature didn't. Uh, There must be some higher being. Well, which higher being are you referring to? take it a whole nother level. They don't want to deal with the the, the truth of the evidence. But I believe that in those moments when that miraculous sign happens, God's glory is revealed and he causes the unbelief to turn to belief, which ultimately what leads to salvation. That's why I think God still wants to operate in miracles. And sometimes it's not just for your own good, even though sometimes it's selfish. Lord, heal with this body. This body's breaking down, Lord. It's getting older. It's not functioning like it used to. And, you know, but God wants to glorify us in, in this earth, in our, in our, the health of our bodies, in supernatural healing, so that more, so that people can be uh, drawn to Him. It's all for the glory of God. It's not for our personal convenience. You guys know that? Lord, get rid of this, you know, uh, acid reflux, because you know, man, nobody sees that acid reflux except you. That's why God made tomes. I remember the Tums are a, a, a gift from God. You ever took one of those? You never took a Tums? Man, I tell you, the first time I had heartburn, I didn't know what it was. I thought I was dying. I said, man, there's this pain. And my mom's like, I think you got heartburn. I was like, I don't even know what heartburn was. I was little. I took this Tums. It immediately went away. Then I thought I was baking it up. It's this miracle drug takes away heartburn, acid reflux, all of these things. <laughs> But when the power of God is released through miracles, it's just like that. What you walked in, you leave without it. And it takes just a moment. Next one, gift of healings. So there's another one, of the the last of the power gifts. So the definition of gifts of healings is a supernatural impartation of God's divine healing power through you to cure disease, to heal the sick and the, the afflicted. Instantly, in particular, being anointed to minister healing for specific kinds of sickness. So this gift is is not received by the faith of God's word. So like same thing, you know, when we talk about, you know, like all of these things. So it's not re- receiving, you know, you read it where it says, you know, by his stripes are healed. Lord, I just believe that to be part of my life. And, and it's not that type of process that I receive it because you can receive it that way. You can read it. You can believe it. You can apply it and you can get it. It can't happen that way. That's why I'm saying it is not that. It is a supernatural unction of the Holy Spirit being released in the gift of healing. So it's not just by the word. It's not partaking of communion. Well, what are you talking about? No, it says that when you take communion, it says that some of you are sick because you take communion in an unholy manner. So what happens when you take it in the right manner? Communion can release healing virtue into your bodies. But it's not talking about that. So those are two awesome ones, but it's not referencing that. Okay, and it's not the working of doctors or medicine. This is a supernatural gift of healing to, to immediately change your, your health condition, what you're dealing with. So, you know, we have to realize that God is the only divine healer and it is the supernatural release of his power gift through an individual by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what it's all about. It has nothing to do with the in-between. We are just the conduit that that allows the Holy Spirit to flow through us. Pastor Noe, what if I've been having a bad day? What if I hadn't been living like I, I want to live? Can, can God still use me? Absolutely, if you're willing. Now, ultimately, what does God want, man? He wants, he wants you to live a godly lifestyle. He wants you to live holy as He is holy. But I've learned, let me give it a 50% of the time, if you're willing, God will use you. Because I know about some of the worst times of my life, as long as I was willing, God still used me. Now he still encouraged me to deal with issues in my own life. But am I willing? That, that is one of the biggest things. Am I willing to operate in these things? Am I willing to trust God? So we have, you know, we have to understand, you know, that, that God is the only divine healer. And they're released by his power, gift through the Holy Spirit. So in the Bible, you know, this gift was, you know, when Jesus cures and heals the leopard, the leopard, he just it immediately leaves his body. It's gone. Right, multitudes being healed. Multitudes. This wasn't like, "Hey, brother, so and so had a headache. I guess he got healed." No, we are seeing a bunch of people where this is just like dynamite happens, like healing over here. You know, like and and you know, I, I feel like sometimes you know we get out of control with it, but I believe that it is like that. It's like this whole row, bam! You are all healed with divine healing in your body. Multitudes. Man, my shoulder was hurting. It ain't hurting no more. Man, I had a limp. I'm not limping anymore. My heart was irregular. It's beating on time now. Man, this is a, a, you know, excessive gift, right? This is something that is poured out to multitudes. Gifts of healings, multiple kinds of healings. You're like, well, it says healings, you know, it's in the plural form, gifts. Well, what what kind of healing is God offering? Man, whatever you need to those who believe. What I love to see, though, is when somebody is obedient, even those without faith benefit. Those are the ones that always mess me up. It's like, well, you know, if you believe, if you pray enough, what about the heathen that came in? I don't believe in God. Had this limp forever. You walk away healed. I don't know what happened, man. These are some awesome pews around here. You leave walking right. Power of the Holy Spirit, Right. But those who are obedient to function in the gifts, everybody benefits. It benefits the whole. God will always be glorified. You know, Peter healing the crippled at the temple gates. It says that he, he was, you know, from birth, for, for, for birth, from birth I think is what it, what it says. You know, he just, he had never walked. Then they asked him, they were begging for money. He says, hey, you know, silver and gold I don't have, but what I give you, I give to you the name of the Lord of Jesus. He grabbed his hand, he said, stand up and walk. Followed him into the temple, and then they were all, the people inside the temple were scratching their heads. Isn't this a guy that was just sitting out there? Absolutely it was. This mighty work of the gift of healings. So this, these are supernatural removal of sickness, disease, and pain. You know, so this would be kind of like your common your migraine headaches, your heart disease, cancer, arthritis, asthma, et cetera. Whatever it may be that God can heal those. I believe that God really wants us to operate in these more often than not. You guys know we won't need any of these operating once we go to heaven, right? It's going to be great. We're going to have regenerated bodies. We're going to be prime time, I don't know, 21, 18-year-old bodies, never missing a lick. What we need is these to function in our lives now, the here and Now. You got somebody coming up? Music? So you guys stand up with me. I'm going to close. Man, I know I gave you guys a ton of information. And, and it's so hard to uh, to cover all of these, right, you know, and to feel like I do them justice. But I hope that if you at least are just aware of these giftings that the Holy Spirit gives and He functions through That we will at least be aware of them and we won't be naive or we won't say, man, I've never heard of that or, you know, or we would see the glory of God for what it is rather than thinking it's a demon. Because, you know, if you don't know, I think that we're more fearful of what we don't know, right? But when we know that these things are godly and that these things can be birthed by the Holy Spirit. Now, I've seen some crazy things in my life where I'm on the edge of my chair and it's like, I believe it and I see it, but this is crazy. For myself, So I'm not saying it's not going to challenge you. But we need to be okay with the Holy Spirit doing whatever he wants to do within our church. Some of you are like, all right. When it starts happening, you got to keep shaking your head and say, I'm all right. Because I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to continually do what he wants. And we need to be willing to to be obedient to that. And like I said, guys, a few weeks ago, do I have it all figured out? No. Do I know what it's going to look like? Not really. But I think being willing to not limit the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives in this day and age. I think as time progresses, we're going to need them more than ever. So I'm just going to close, guys. And uh, Yes, sir.
0: Yep. So just um, as Noah's been preaching, I just I, I had this feeling like I just need to share this this little thing um, you know, society or Hollywood or whatever has distorted, even long before that. Let's, let's go back to Moses and Pharaoh, you know, Holy spirit was doing things through Moses and, and God was saying, okay, Moses do this. And then the, the, uh, the magicians and stuff, they, they would, they would do it, They would counterfeit what God was doing through Moses. And and what that was doing was causing disbelief, to the others, and um, I just I just felt really strongly that uh, that it needed to be said tonight, to this morning, that that all of these things that that Pastor Noah has been preaching about this week and last week and the week before are one hundred percent from God. Okay, there are things that that the enemy has these gifts that that the enemy has counterfeited and distorted and perverted and that's where you get your your mama Cleo's and and your you know all these all these fake things you know these palm readers and fortune tellers this is not this is not 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 100% this is not what we're talking about this morning always test if someone gives you a word test it test it against the Holy Spirit that's why it's so important to be in tune with what the Holy Spirit is saying. About your life when somebody gives you a word so uh, second second thing if I could really quick an acquaintance of, of Jessica and I explained word of knowledge and word of wisdom with a tissue box you know, we're, we're believing that God is going to use these gifts in, in each of your lives, right? Because we believe that as a church. So, sometimes God will place this burning in your heart. And you're in your, like, it just in the pit of your stomach. And you're just like, oh, I feel like I'm supposed to give this word. And I don't know what to say. But then, like you said earlier, you know, if you stand up, you have no choice. But, hey, what you got, you know? Well, the thing is. This, this, is, this is the burning in, in you, right? You don't really know what you're going to say, but God says, okay, say this. Oh, well, there's another tissue there. You may, you, this is maybe the only thing you heard. This is maybe the only thing that God put in your brain, right? Was this, hey, Noah, I have this word, but I don't have nothing else after that. Okay, well, there's the tissue because there's, you just keep pulling the tissues out. You keep saying what God is putting on you. You say the thing that God says to you, and then you, you pull the next tissue and eventually, maybe the tissue box will be empty, and God's done speaking through you. But I just want to encourage you guys this morning that take that risk and be bold, step out in what God has called you to do. Because we, these these gifts aren't exclusive to to Pastor Noe or to myself or Brother Lonnie. they they're these these gifts are for each of us. Amen. And and um, I, it just. It's exciting, man. Amen. It's exciting. My tissue box is empty.
1: <laughs> like what he said, every time one's pulled, there's another one there. We yes. got to understand, the Holy Spirit never runs out. It just keeps on flowing. It's supposed to function that way. Anything that we dam up or that we keep to ourselves. It goes stagnant. It goes gross. There's infection. There's all all of these things that have, you know, standing water. You know, as long as water is flowing through it, it can actually be healthy and it can be good for you. But anything that grows stagnant, it's no longer life and health in it. So what Morgan was saying, that is how it should function. We should keep going. She should keep going. And maybe we get to the end of what we have. But guess what? All of us have tissue boxes that we can pull from, and that's the Holy Spirit within us. If you see a tissue, let it out, right? If you feel there's something there, release it. We'll work through the details, guys. I, I would rather be trying to function in these things and not saying anything and everybody being so fearful of, of, what it, of what we're to become and what we're to do. One thing that God put in my heart to close in prayer is, is for a continued open work of the Holy Spirit within this church. Those words are very specific. I wrote them on my notes, an open work of the Holy Spirit within this church. That doesn't mean that I understand that I hey we've arrived, we are there that we we are a, we would agree to a continued open work of the Holy Spirit. Can you guys agree with me for that for the life of this church?